right, man, we're rolling. It's uh, Tuesday night here in the Texas Hill Country. What day is it, actually? 9-7. It is so, the 7th. Damn, the 7th of September already, man. Yep. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. Man, time coming flies. Up. Coming up soon. Yeah, time this, flies. Uh, this Saturday, I This think. Saturday. Yep. It is this Saturday, yeah. Man. That's just really crazy. So we just got back from the Guadalupe Mountains. I guess we'd start there. Yeah. That's a good place to start. I haven't really talked about it, you know. It was an awesome experience. You know, I tell you what, I've never, uh, I think I've said it on here before, I've never been west of Sonora before, you know, before this this last weekend. And that was, uh, really puts our hills into perspective. To say that for sure, man, I never realized that uh, I'd always heard we had mountains out in West Texas, you know, but I never realized they were that big, you know, yeah. for like, for really, I, I, I never thought they were that big. That was, that was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're just gorgeous. That park is really nice. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and you, um, you know, the one thing about that park that I really like is even if you just camp there or wanted to do like a day hike there, those mountains just sit right over the top of you. I mean, the. Just the geology and the rock formations and how big and and uh, you El know. Capitan alone. Just driving yeah. underneath El Capitan would be almost uh, worth the drive. Man. Yeah, like, it really, really would, man. I it mean, really would. I would take. I would almost want to take that route if I was going to New Mexico. Yeah, I would want to just drive that way because it's right. uh, you know it's drive just, through the mountains, man. Yeah, it's man. a Texas mountain trail, you know. Yeah, you just go up right into New Mexico into White City and. Shoot up that way, man. Yeah. Why not? To Carlsbad. Follow then, the mountains. Yeah, follow the mountains until you get to the aliens of Roswell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Dude, White City has some aliens. Oh, you know, I know. I, a- I thought that was funny, man. I mean, we were like, what? We were like 10 miles into New Mexico. Yeah. And already, I mean, uh, one, you know, no aliens at the last gas station, aliens at this gas station. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> you <yeah>. know? <laughs> Yeah, the guy who I think kind of ran that that big store that I thought owned that place, I yeah. thought like if uh, if you asked him like, so what's up with the aliens? He'd be like, oh, 40 years ago, you know, he'd be that kind of guy, you know. I'm telling you, man, I was out here. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. He's got those Bigfoot statues too, man. He's yeah, probably got yeah. a story behind that. Were you wearing that shirt that day? No, that was the next day you wore the yeah, shirt, right? The, yeah. Social distance pro and it's Bigfoot yeah. on the shirt. <laughs> That's good. Oh, no, I thought that yeah. was an appropriate shirt. I just can't believe about, you know, you hear a lot about Big Bend is a Texas treasure, and it really is. I mean, it undoubtedly is. It's beautiful, you know, and I'm sure they the, the mountains in Big Bend and these mountains resemble each other to some degree. Right. And, you know, but... Uh, Man, for people who have not been up to to Guadalupe, the Guadalupe Mountains, you know, especially if you're from Texas and like nature and stuff, golly. Oh yeah, I would I would highly trip. recommend it. I will recommend it to everybody that I talk to about it to go and really, you know, you can hike it if you're if you're a reasonable condition, you can hike it. You really can. Uh, if it's a day well, hike. We, we met a, what, a 71-year-old? Yeah, yeah, oh, 71 yeah. 71 years old made that hike up to the to the Guadalupe Peak. That is And I could tell he, impressive. he wasn't like, uh, I mean, when you're 71, you know, you're getting to be a little older anyways, but he, he had definitely had some health issues, you could tell. Right. Uh, as well, and man, no, what a yeah. He what was a, not one of those young-looking 71-year-olds. No. He was an obviously 71-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but man, what a, what a, what a soldier, man. You know, that guy was really, 
he wanted to do it badly. You know, he knew that, you know, you it might not end well. Yeah, yep. for sure. I agree. It was, that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even some other people that, you know, went out there and tried it. Some, some people with kids. Yep. Uh, and, and it will, man. You come to some spots where it'll get a little hairy. Oh, yeah. No, that when I saw the people hiking that with, with small children, I was really like, man, power to you, dude. Power yeah. to you, man. This is not. This is a hike that's tough by yourself as an adult. Yeah, but you know? the one thing you never know and and uh, about these places is what type of skill level some people have. Some people are very comfortable on mountain trails. They've done a lot of them. Maybe they're from Colorado. But boom, two mountains in two days. <laughs> yeah, damn. I won't even go. You know, we'll get to that at the end of the segment about the parks and how how they could really, you know, use some. You know, man, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. But the one thing I also wanted to say about that, uh, you know, that whole experience is the people you meet, man. It, you know, you just meet so many cool people out there from all over the place. People come from all over the country and all over oh, the yeah. world, you know, really. Um, yep. And it's really awesome. Well, awesome. I, I, I kind of, it's like I set up when we were on the trail, you know, like, it's just not the kind of place you're, you're going to run into a, to a d-bag you know i mean it really isn't dude. yeah you know i mean you gotta be somewhat of a i think a positive thinking person to be out there in those mountains like that you know uh someone who really appreciates nature or really appreciates the struggle at least that comes with it yeah no there's know? a massive physical yeah. challenge in that yeah my and, wife actually wants to do it yeah yeah she does i was talking about it she's like i would do that I, I think i'd do that and i was like no you could for sure do it yeah. you know like a hundred percent. No, no. Like you said, anybody who's in reasonable condition can yeah. do that. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's it, just, it's tough. It's a tough one. Yeah, but no, you can do no. It. You if have you to get to the you, top. You'll do the it. more you can prepare, prepare yeah. yourself, yeah. and and give yourself some time, and go at the right time. Don't go at a bad time. Go at a good time. Yeah. You know, the rain, the rain showers and stuff seem to be very unpredictable in the in the afternoon. Uh, but man, what a what a great place. And the one thing I will say about some of these national parks, man, and I was going to get into this, and, and it really does bum me out, and I do understand some regulation. Again, I'm not, I believe there should be some in the world. I know I'm not completely anti, but man, you know, <clears throat> we go out there to take risk, you know? Yeah. We go out there to uh, enjoy a part of the earth that is unscathed by bullshit politics and anything else you know right you go out there to be with something way more grand than yourself and not only do i wish there was more space out there that all those mountain ranges that we saw you know that yeah. we thought man i mean <clears throat> these lands are very sacred and i hope they always remain that way uh but you know there could be more of it but man there should be more of like parking lots where you pull over and you walk out into nature, and you don't deal with the shit, you know, of like, right. these are the rules past 9 o'clock, you, you know. I mean, I get it. I, I, I get it to some yeah. extent, but at the same time, man, like, they have got to be absolutely minimal, and with only in regards to truly protecting the park. Right. You know, I mean, like, you've got to give people the ability to go out and appreciate this, man. If, if, if a, a, a young parent wants to take their kids out to camp real quick, you know, they have to go through some real hoops to try to get their kid out there. Yeah. Look how much land is out there. Let, them, let yeah. them camp out in those flats and look over El Capitan, man. Right. Let them, so what's, the, what's, what's that hurting anything? 
Yep. You know? I mean, I don't know. I, I, that yeah. is the one gripe I have about some of those parks. Some of the national forests, you go out there and that's exactly what it's like. So if they work, then why why, why the, this these hard stipulations in these places? Yeah. You know, I just don't. That you know, yeah. I appreciate having them enough to not go there, but man, if something could change, it's the bureaucracy in some of these places, right. you know. Well, you know, I I think that they do that. Well, for one thing, it's a money making thing, you know. They gotta they they gotta have a section of the forest that they that they section off as a park, and then they uh you know they put a few amenities out there and they charge people, you know. It's 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 kind of like uh it's kind of like Garner Park, Garner State yeah. Park, you know. Like you, you'll meet a lot of people who are like you know they want to go camping, but they need a they need a modern bathroom somewhere close by, you yeah. know. And I think that those 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 parks that are a little bit more regulated, you know, they probably for some people they would much probably much rather go out and stay at a park like that where there's some somewhat modern camping available and stuff like that, and but they can go out and make the hike and stuff. And then there's the national forests, you know, are for are, are available for the people who just want to go out and, you know, get away from all that crap, yeah. dude. You know, yeah. And uh, and maybe the park should all have both. You know, yeah. I mean, th- like know, that park is large enough. There's enough space right. around there where it could have both. It could. It could. You know, the modern camping and everything could be right up there by the visitor center. Yeah, and you know, and, and then out there in the park, it's just and you're there out is there. and there is there is something to be said about bringing in revenue to help like with trail making and studying the parks and studying the areas or the wilderness areas. Right. So there's a lot to say about that. I'm not against that either. Like paying dues somehow, you know, right. if you have to pay five bucks at the trailhead or whatever, you know, on an yeah. honor system, you know, like that's, that's all cool. You know, like I, I don't, I think that's fine. I don't mind. It's not the money I mind at all. Right. No, you know, yeah, I don't mind paying the, towards that. It's the sure. bureaucracy. Yeah. It's just, a, it's like, okay, so I'm going to pay $10 to go camp. And then you look around at all the land there. Yeah. They're like, well, here's, there's only 12 spots. Yeah. 12 right. spots. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, damn, man. I mean, then let me sleep in my car right here and just wake up in the morning. And, you know, I mean, yeah. if that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. But, and no fires. Yeah. You drive you drive twelve miles down the road, you can have a fire on the ground. But yeah. but here, no fires like Well know. what about that B BL- that was a BLM? That was yeah, that was BLM. Black, Black. No. Bureau of Land Management. <laughs> oh man. I know. I know. Oh, whoa. It's it's tricky nowadays. You can't just yeah. say BLM. People don't know what you're talking about. Two thousand eighteen that wasn't even an issue, dude. You know, <laughs> people were sleeping on it. Yeah. Yeah, Bureau yeah. of Land Management. No, but yeah, uh yeah, that was actually pretty neat, you know, right out there, just right on the other side of the Texas-New Mexico border. You got yeah. that BLM land where it's just no charge, stay that, 14 days, Yeah, that was actually have a really camp, sweet. have a fire. Yeah. I mean... The pit was already you know, made for us. Someone left it. Yeah. You know, and we played it forward, right? Left it, left some wood yeah, there. Yeah, we did. Left something for the next person. Yeah, to start it off, for man. Sure. Yeah. Know, there's just, it's, that's, that's just a cool... I love seeing how some people live their lives like that, too, and they just go from park to park, you know, as yeah. much as they can. Uh, it's cool, man. It's a great thing to do. And uh, I've said this, and I've heard other people say this before. I don't take credit for, like, making it up, but I truly believe this. If there is one thing that, like, uh, the government, quote-unquote, did uh, that was positive was the national park system. Right. You know, I mean, really, that was, like, one thing that, could be expanded upon. I'm telling you, it could be expanded upon. 
some of those areas out there are really beautiful. Oh, yeah. Man, and I, I mean. And, you know, I actually had this thought yesterday, you know, while I was thinking about the, some of those, like, like the Black Mountains that you that we drove past right, 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 at, right, right next south to, of them. Yeah, yeah, just south of them. And we were thinking, you know, we, we were saying, why is all of that, you know, privately owned? Why can't people go out there and stuff? And, you know, I actually had the thought that, you know, maybe it could be almost better preserved in the private hands that it's in right now. You know, we were driving out there. There was like, what, three houses, you know, in all yeah. of that. You know that aside from maybe a few hunters or something like that, basically nobody touches those mountains. They're, they're there for, you know, the wild animals are out there. Yeah, it might no, be Apache. No it might be Apache nation very possibly the mountains might be as well yeah you know and only the flat land can be bought you know right uh there could very well be something like that and i and i don't know but you know this debate has actually been one that i thought this was the first debate in this regard that kind of opened my eyes like that was the first thought it's like some of these ranches that's what they say out here some of these ranches are better preserved and it is true to some extent but i think to some extent it's not you know because preserved doesn't mean taken care of necessarily in that form right preserved means let nature nature goes right you know like true habitats not one that is manipulated by man right and if you have a ranch or something people are going to manipulate it even if it's oh, the yeah. smallest amount you know and the other thing and, and no and I'm, I'm just being playing devil's advocate right. it is a fair it is a fair i think it's fair Debate and not the other side of that too. Real quick before I, I I go on, but is that if if someone who owned a place like that decided to open it up as a, like a private park, but basically model the parks, right? That'd be freaking awesome too. Be, I yeah. don't I don't see a problem with that. You know right. what I mean? But maybe people have done it. I don't know. And right. I just you know. Well, my my whole argument though was that like in the state they're in right now, in private hands, but also not privately open to the public or anything like that yeah. they are they could be better preserved than if they were to be i mean you know think about how much trash and stuff like that we found out there think about uh you know how much traffic is on that guadalupe peak trail every single day you know how many people and stuff walk yeah, out but there think how minimal how trash many... is on there for how many people do no that, walk that is true too, that you know? is true and the but but so the national parks do a really good job and i think there could be a problem uh, and there probably is. I mean, some people probably do go out there and litter. And, right. and you know, it's sad because not a lot of people compared no, to the people none, who go out yeah. there. But the other thing is about ownership that I was going to say a minute ago is that, like, Jeff Bezos, I'm, I'll throw him out there. He has that right. blue origin out there, right? Yeah. He may end up carrying... I mean, he's launching spaceships and stuff out there. He's definitely got some trash and shit going on out there. Yeah. Okay? Number, no that's for it. sure. But the other thing is... Is uh, when he when he passes away one day and his kids or whoever inherits his stuff, are they going to care as much? By then, is there going to be more people who want to buy a place out there? And so he's like, well, I see money, so I'm going to sell it off. And then it won't be like that anymore. How yeah. long before it's not like that? Right. That's why the preservation is so important. If the, if it, if if the area really means something, right? Those all of those mountain ranges, I think, should just be protected. I think yeah. they should just, around them. That road, the whole that whole corridor right there. Yeah, that whole the Texas Mountain Trail. Because <laughs> while we were on that that uh, that whole road that went from Guadalupe to Van Horn, yeah, basically was part of a Texas Mountain Trail. 
I noticed the signs along yep. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, yep. Uh, yep. You can. You know. Yeah. No. I mean, it's like the Pacific Rim Trail or, or whatever. Or yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? Or the Appalachian Trail. You yeah. Know. That there's a hill country trail. Yeah. Yeah. There you is. Can walk. Yep. You know, and follow. You know, yeah, I, I just, you know, and I know that that's a, you know, it's, I, I'm, I, I never advocate for taking something away from people. That, no, there's private no, land no, out there right now, no. and I'm not saying that it should be taken from people or anything like that. And, and I think if, if things like this are going to happen, they have to grow from an, a, a, an ideological perspective. Yeah. And I think the people out there do love that land. That's why they, that's why they have a place out there. Their families maybe owned it and have passed it down in generations, but. Moving forward, you know, if you really love it, you know, what is the best thing for it? Is right. it to just sell it off to some developer that's one day going to develop it into something else? And well, one I thing so. that I'll say that that area has at least going for it is that it's such a rugged and desolate place. I don't see any big development ever really making its way out there. That's one plus that I think it has going for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there'll ever be a real influx of people who want to who want to put a house out there, you know. It's the kind of place that you want to go visit and drive through and hike for a few days and then, you know, return to civilization. At least most people, uh, for, uh, you know, think that way. I uh, agree. No, but, I agree. Uh, I do agree with that. But, and, yeah. and, yeah, again, and that's maybe why it should all just be there for people to be able to go out and do that, you right. know. Yeah. It, 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 this is a, like I said, I don't really care how it gets to be that way. I, I don't. Maybe I should do more research to see if people do have ranches where they do allow that. Like they have their their land set up to where you can go hike there. Go hike it, yeah. And I may. I really do even believe there might be people around here that have something like that. And yeah. I, I. It probably does exist. But if that's what it takes for Texas to get on that bandwagon, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. But especially in these times, the parks are getting busier. The, what do we do? Well, look at all the beautiful places we have that are just. Private rant, no one can go anywhere. Right. Shit, man. I mean, how long are you going to keep majority of the population in places like feeling trapped, not right. having good jobs, you know? Minimum wage sucks. You know, they don't like their job. Can't go out to any state parks because they're all filled up. I mean, right. can't go out anywhere. Wear a face mask. You, you, <laughs> dude, people are going to freak the fuck out, man. Right. I mean, for real. Yeah. You know? I mean, you've got to, like, chill, dude. You know? And, uh, but... Give people something, and so if it stuff like that, again, there ain't no negativity out there, man. No. It's you in the mountains. It's you in life or death if you make any stupid physical or mental mistakes. Really, it truly right. is. And uh, that one guy, man, he wasn't having it. You know, he's like, I walked up over that ridge right there, and I said, I'm afraid of heights. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. like what it looks like it's on the other side of that little rock right there. You know, it's like, yeah. oh dude, that one part of the trail right before you get to that bridge was a real don't look down moment dude i mean really you know i could see i can definitely see how if someone was a little queasy of heights that could get to them i thought about bringing my wingsuit before we left (laughs) dude no way on the top of el capitan you probably could have man he's gonna try it (laughs) no i'm not i'm just kidding dude what if i just walked up there wearing one like had no intention to, to use it I just walked yeah, up there wearing one. I was like, "Dude, he's like, gonna, yeah, what? <laughs> gonna do it. but also wearing a huge pack." Yeah. Like, wait a minute, is he gonna fly back up and stay the night up here? What, what is he? <laughs> just confusing the hell yeah. out of everybody. This is yeah. kinda, no, this is just in case I don't decide to jump. I'm gonna stay up here. Right. You know, in case yeah. I change my mind. So you don't need that pack if you're gonna jump off, man. 
I'm going with the pack, bro. No, I'm going with the pack. Now that was great, man. That was a super fun, a great part of Texas. Golly, the state we live in is beautiful, and you know, New Met, all of all, the country we live in, the world we live upon is beautiful. And and uh, when we when you can go out there into nature and appreciate it like that, golly, I mean, it's like oh, you yeah. talk to God. You know, I don't know. I feel like that. Yeah. You know, whatever that means to anyone. You know, that's how I feel when I go out to a place like that. Like it's just, it's a treasure, man. It's Apache, it's Apache land. Yeah. And uh, it's sacred land to them. And shit, it should be sacred to anyone who ever steps foot there. You would know right away why it's sacred. Yeah. And we should say we saw some Aldad up close. Yes. Won't get into the details of the story, but man, you were right there. You got good pictures. You were yeah. close to them. You know, uh, I was uh, kind of already back cool. down a little bit. Right. Uh, and um, but I saw them clearly, and that was awesome. And then uh, we saw some muleys early in the morning. They're a little yeah. bit more tame, close to the thing, but yeah, they weren't gonna let you get close to them by any stretch. No. But we saw them. Yeah, they were. I I think they were fed. about as yeah. They were definitely fed, and yeah. I was gonna say they were about as tame as the deer we have around here almost. And you can tell it's probably the rangers that feed them because mm-hmm. they were close to the ranger station, not like the campgrounds. Yeah, you know, but uh. Yeah, it was cool to see him, and you said you wanted to see a mule deer, and you definitely yeah, saw one saw there. A mule deer. And it was in the wild, yeah, <laughs> still, <laughs> right? in, in, in a form that they wouldn't have let you come close to them. No, I probably they would have ran off for yeah. sure. But they were they weren't quick to just run when they saw somebody. Yep. Neither were those all dead. Oh really. yeah, no, those no, all dead. They, they, they definitely stood and, and checked us out. Yeah, for a they minute. didn't want. We got a little too close for their comfort, though, for yeah. sure. They definitely weren't going to stay around to see what we were going to do. Yep. You know, but yeah, that was a, that was just incredible, man. And uh, yeah, just, you know, we didn't get much of a night sky out there, but, you know, give and take in this world anyways. But yeah, so then uh, what else is going on, man? Uh, I wanted to actually talk about a little bit about this. is kind of a touchy issue, but we talked a little bit about it on our trip. And I've always thought about, this is one issue I've thought about quite a bit, especially in, you know, since I've had, I have kids and stuff. And, you know, my wife and I, aren't mute to this issue because my wife was 19 when she got pregnant. I was 20. And I mean, we were dating each other and cared for each other, but I mean, we weren't like, you know, ready to have a kid. And there were people in our lives that, that would mention abortion and be like, oh, you get an abortion, you know? And like, so, you know, we're not, you know, we've, I've, you know, been through a situation where that was, you know, talked about. And, and, uh, for me personally, I would never go that. I would morally, I've never felt like that was even an option. Right. I, I I just feel like if you, if that's what happens, you you, you know, you made that happen. Yeah. You follow through. That's right. the way it goes. That's the way it should be. That's my take on it. Um. And then uh, you know, my wife felt the same way always. Right. She said I would do adoption before I do abortion. No doubt about it. I just couldn't do that. And that's our moral. You know, that's what that's what we believe and that's what we stuck by. So, but always. And then, you know, it's been that's been the, the best thing of my whole entire life, you know, is my kids and my wife. So, right. I, 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 you know, it's a it's a tough one, man. Kids, when you're a kid and, you know, 41, I think it's like 41 percent of babies being born today, single moms, something like that. I mean, that's. This is a hard subject to talk about abortion, but since right. it's going on in Texas and people are like hating on the state of Texas so badly right now, I feel like it would be 
appropriate for us in this space to at least bring it up and not completely, right. you know, uh, avoid the subject. And I, I won't. And, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I just, I, I think there's two different things here. You know, I think morally speaking, I think that that is completely wrong. You know, like I would never teach my kids to do that. If my kids get pregnant or get someone pregnant, you know, I would never, uh, never ever quite you know like i just don't personally think that you should do that right you know but i also really man and and you actually i think mentioned this and you uh, you'll have your own take on it and i can't remember especially but the more i really think about it i think that if the government should play a role in it because there's two heartbeats not one uh it should be a very minimal one you know uh really because this is a moral issue to me it really, really is more than anything. We have a the problem is is that we have a society where so many people just want to get an abortion and don't care. Yeah, I mean, how do you you can't fix that with politics? To me, right? If they want to do it, aren't they just gonna do it? Yep. I mean, shit, isn't it kind of like someone's gonna find that route? Someone's gonna, you know? I know they say, oh, rat the person out. People aren't gonna do that, you know? I mean, people are gonna find their loopholes. They always do. It's a hard one, again, because morally when you're pulled in one direction, you want to say something specifically. But I truly do believe in your body, sort of your choice. But the problem is, is that should start when you're having sex, not after you're already pregnant. Right. Now, after, I think six weeks, the other thing that I will say about the, two more things and I'll let you go off on, on it. Number one is when you say the dad is not... The dad, the dad. Oh, you know what it's like. You've had to deal with an abortion. You're a male. Let me tell you something. If you are a father that that cares at all, you absolutely have a say so. Because if they go through and they have that child, you're going to be taken to court. If you don't take care of it, you're going to have to pay child support, and you should. And and or you're just going to agree to take care of the kid and help out and co-parent like you should, or be a father, be in the kid's life as much as you can. If you're still with the lady, all whatever you know, right. you're you're gonna be responsible f- for that child, and you should be. So now, all of a sudden, when when the abortion topic comes up, you have no say so. That's that's a bunch of crap. I don't right. fall for that. And that what that does is that actually promotes the dads just to not care from the beginning. Yeah. I don't care. No, you should care. Right. You got someone pregnant, you should care. You know, uh, but I I just don't believe in that. I right. think that's a bu- that's just a, a a wash thing that I just had to clear up because it bothers me. And then the last thing about it is, uh, and I, probably less importantly because I can't even remember what the hell I was really going to say. But uh, oh, is um, six weeks is when the heartbeat starts, right? Right. And they say that you know that's why it's six weeks. And so that I think that I actually feel like well that's that's giving something for someone who morally believes it's not right at all, right. but understands there are circumstances. When you feel like, but, uh, you know, my wife also said, she was like, you don't even start, you don't even start missing your period. I mean, at six weeks, like you don't know yeah. you're pregnant. But I also said, well, I mean, come on, did you have unprotected sex or not? You know, yeah. if you think there was a chance, just take the morning after pill. Yeah. You know, so it's, it, it's a hard, it's a moral issue to me. Right. You know? No, yeah, I agree. It's it for me as well. It's a moral issue, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, and 
just get it out of the way. You know, we're like you said, we're we're two dudes sitting here talking about abortion. So I'm sure you know our also opinion dads. already doesn't matter. We are also, also dads. two dads. Yeah, that's that's true. And uh, you know, there is one uh, stipulation I did have with the uh, with the Texas with the new Texas law. All in all, I'm pretty in favor of the law for the most part, for when it comes to my moral compass anyway. Uh, but I do believe that there does need to be some sort of stipulation in the law for cases of uh, rape. You know, and, and as far as I know right now, there is no such stipulation in this law. Uh, I've always... Is there stipulation you know, in the old law that they just didn't change or touch at all? Or I don't, I don't believe so. I don't think so. Uh, but... Uh, you know, that's always been the one kicker in the whole argument. The, you know, the one thing that someone could bring up and like, well, what if there's some, what if the woman has been raped? You know, you, like, because always in the, uh, in the whole abortion argument, you'll, you know, we'll always use the argument, well, you had sex, you know, so you, you know, you, you deal with it, you know, but if, uh, if it was not consensual, I don't believe that a woman should have to, uh, raise her rapist child, you know, that's. That's definitely a gray area that I think needs. Well, you, I don't uh, think uh, to be, you know, we, to, that that at least there needs to be some sort of an amendment to a law. Yeah. If we're gonna have a law, at like least that, mention it. it. At least yes, bring it in, exactly. and don't don't just ignore that that at all. But and I do think, and we did kind of say this at one point is uh, on the road while we were gone is that uh, is that it, six weeks is probably enough time if you were raped. They're probably gonna right. have known that you got pregnant as well and you have aborted that baby. Hopefully, <laughs> right. You know, yep. they would assume that. And I think for sure I agree with you. I mean, that's... Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's a, it's just a total moral issue for me, you know, when, when, when women want to say, my body, my choice. Well, you know, at that point, it's no longer just your body. You know, you got two heartbeats. Uh, I can't remember what state it was. There was some state where abortion is legal. You can get an abortion, but... You have to listen to the heartbeat first, and I like that idea. You know, I really—it's a more of a moral solution. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I really do. I, I do like that idea. I mean, you know, I know there's going to be some people out there who will hear it and just and just think absolutely yeah. nothing of it. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's very sad that we live in a society where someone could hear something like their own child's heartbeat and Not just care. think nothing yeah. of it. You know, I think that that's a uh, that's a little bit of a mental issue, if you ask me. But, and maybe they're uh, not fit know. to be a mom, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Really, no, damn it. You know, you know that's real. scary in some ways, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, well. You know, uh, I think Ron Paul always had a very good uh, very good take on this on this matter. You know, if anyone who's read his book, uh, I believe it was Liberty Defined, he uh, has a whole section of that book which is devo- which is devoted to the abortion issue. And he was a he you know he was a doctor who delivered babies, and also I believe uh, he talks about how he was did uh, did an abortion at some point early on in his medical career, and after that was became opposed to it. Never did another one after that. You know when he when he said when he saw what went in to actually performing an abortion, and uh, he just he formed that moral argument of you know that was. That was not not another human, you know. Like that was that was another living being, that was deprived the right to life, you know, simply because someone just wanted to. Whether or not it was their mom or not, yeah, 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 you know. 
And uh, I just, I've always thought that's just such a, you know, and, and another, another gray area would be complicated, uh, complicated births. Something, some situation where if a mother goes through with the birth, it could potentially kill her, you know. Or the child or, or some, both. Or the, yes, exactly. Very, you know, there's, there's gray areas that I think need to be, need to be touched on, but when it comes to a woman just wanting to abort her child simply because she just doesn't want to have one, you know, I mean, I, I've just never, never sympathized with that position myself, yep. you know, and so this, this law doesn't uh, necessarily bother me, doesn't, I, I you know, uh, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. I can you know, really I try mean, to find that, that statistic if 41% of births today are, uh, are of single moms because if that's the truth uh i i feel like men like us should have a complete say so when it comes like this we're dads like i said i've been through i sat right there next to liz the entire time right you know when we were 19 and 20 and today you know and uh shit i've done a lot of things wrong in my life and i've and i've done stupid shit even up to this week you know what i mean (laughs) and i will do a lot more in my life and i'm just a learning individual that's why we do this you know trying to grow as a person but uh you know if there's one thing that i i hold near and dear to my heart and always felt right to me it's this and uh i will say this about young men and i would focus my energy on them every bit as much as the issue when the issue comes to this be there for the woman you know and this doesn't have to be as much as of an issue if you can go out and have sex with her and and do that you can damn sure man up, you know, because it, if you can't, dude, you really should take a long look at yourself in the mirror, you know, because you're a big part of that too. Right. You know, it's not just a woman doing it, probably making that decision because of you, yeah. you know? And so, you know, you should fucking, you know, the men, th- this is a bad issue in our society that right. we even have to talk about that shit, you know? That's a sa- this is a sacred thing. It's like the mountains, man. This is the the next generation coming forth, you know, giving life to our species, another generation on this planet, you know. It's a sacred thing. It's shitty. It's it's a shitty thing to even have that debate. It's a big-time moral issue. Right. Uh, But... No, and I think that, uh, you know, the moral issue could tie right back into what you just said with uh, how, you know, 40-some-odd percent of... uh, Children born in the United States today are born into fatherless uh, households. You know, maybe it's a little uh, old-fashioned of me to say, but I do believe that a child should have a uh, a masculine male role model in their life, uh, and I think that ties right back into the uh, moral society or the the moral standard of a society is. Uh, really reflected in the family. You know, how important is family in that society? Family is is this kind of like the uh, the essential unit of independence. You know, you know, we are individualists, I think. I think both of us could could call ourselves individualists. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the individual we are still purpose. Yeah, yeah, we're purposed and more. Yes, we're yeah, part definitely. of something, and I think that the family is that basic unit of independence. And I think that's one one of the reasons that the family is being so attacked in today's society is because 
the family represents independence. Yeah, you know, and, and I I definitely agree with that. Uh, no, I absolutely do. And for young people going through this, if you're like someone who's in a relationship, maybe you're pregnant, you know, and uh, and you have someone who's on that borderline, man, damn, I couldn't say enough how, about what you just said. Right. You know, uh, look, life, before you know it, you ain't going to be 20 anymore. You're going to be 30. 35, you know, we don't look at life like a career. So much more than that. You know, all yeah. the things that need to happen will happen if you have faith. But what you just said is so true about the family unit. For some people, for some people it doesn't work too. And yeah, I give that. No, but, yeah. but but for people who went that route and have this in front of them, man, I mean, I've been there. You know, yeah. like I'm, I, I really have. And uh, damn, that's so true. Uh, the other thing too that they've done with that idea is like that we are individuals. I, I feel like, in my opinion, you know, we uh, first we have. To, if you're not happy, how can you ever make somebody else happy? Right. But then we also become purposed and more happy by being a part of things larger than us. And I believe that's one thing that's so really cynical about the whole COVID thing is they're actually taking that that human trait. And using it against us by saying, if you don't take this, you're being selfish. You're not being yeah. a team player. If you don't wear this mask, go against your beliefs, you're not being a team player. And as people, we all say, ah, oh, shit, man. I want to help. You know, right. I want to be a part. But then you're like, I can't do that. No, I just, it's not, that's not a solution. Right. I'm not going to do it. And then you have to feel like this, you know, this rule breaker, this, you know, outcast for being that way. And that's how they make you feel. And that's one of the cynical parts about power structure and these things that attack these natural traits of humans you know right. i think that's why so many people have done it yeah oh yeah you know social pressure um, no doubt and uh you know then you know with the going back to the you know to to the to the mask and to the uh you know i was actually going to bring this up again and i wanted to make sure to bring this up again is these masks man are littering the fucking place, and you cannot ignore that. There's oh, we more. We even found one on, on the trail, the trail. man. That more. I mean, there wasn't much trash on that trail. Like, dude, one of the things we who, saw was a mask. I just want to yeah. know who the hell brought a freaking mask on the trail, dude. Like, oh, 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 I'm about to, I'm about to hike four miles back into the mountains. Oh, don't let me forget my mask. Yeah. I have like, too no. much weight. Hold on, yeah. I have too much weight. <laughs> what do you have in there left? I have my water and my mask. <laughs> you better bring your mask. Yeah. Drop the water, you know. <laughs> Good choice, buddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, that's this thing has been. You know what? Th- another thing. Uh, before uh, we'll, I'll get into that, I won't go there yet. I won't even go there yet. But the the the, the pollution and the litter is uh, is is already disgusting in our society. I don't care who you are, what type of government you believe in, or what type of system you believe in. There should not be people littering shit all over the place. There's got to be a better mechanism for getting stuff to a proper landfill if that's the way we're going to treat trash and things. Right. I mean, damn it. You know, recycle, whatever. You know, there's there's it's just there's no excuse for that. It's the most lazy characteristic of our society, I feel like. But uh they set it up, you know, make two make you know, go from making so many masks, you know, to making two and a half billion masks. And they're going to end up somewhere. Where do you yep. think they're going to end up? They all you know, end up sitting somewhere. in a store. It's it's ridiculous that this still goes on. And 
Um, and, and again, then back to the whole thing we were just talking about abortion is if you ever say my body, my choice, and in the same day you tell someone that they should put on a mask, you have, or get a vaccine. You, you are absolutely out of your bounds completely ever from giving anyone any type of advice. That is way too hypocritical. Yep. You know, you have to be more straight across the board. Uh, and I have definitely looked like I've seen some of that in these movements going on, you know, and it's like, eh, you don't really have my attention with that. Right. You know, yeah, you want to be as big on that if that's the way you're going to go, you know, all okay. But, man, you better be that way across the board. Right. And it's hard. Sometimes you don't, it's sometimes it, like abortion for us. Yeah. It's like, ah, ban that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you letting anyone do that? But then yeah. it's like, no, nah, it's not right. It's not right to, to treat it like that, right? Because there's too it's too much gray area. There is and, gray in area. our society. In our society, and again, it's a more. Why are these people wanting to even do that? What's causing them to even want to go that route in the first place? Yep. You know. Uh, you know. But it also has two heartbeats. It is two heartbeats. So no that, doubt about it. That they have to step in somewhere. Someone has to step in somewhere. Life, you know? liberty, and property. <laughs> yeah, right. You know those that that's a. Uh, those are the three things I believe that government is actually there, uh, rightfully to protect. You know that 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 is the proper place of government in a free society is to protect life, liberty, and property, and uh, or at least to ensure the right of life, liberty, and property to each individual. And if it's two heartbeats, it's two individuals. Yeah, if that's you ask right. Me, that's man. right. That's right. And, you it, know? and then uh, and and uh, going going forward too with the mask and the pollution is. Uh, we already have so much other natural pollution going on, like with our oil and gas. We we read. I was reading this today, and I really had no idea. But Hurricane Ida caused quite a bit of damage to some of the oil lines out in the Gulf of Mexico, and it's a. Uh, I mean, it's going to get fixed one day. I'm sure of it. It's going to get fixed. But the the continuous damage. We're not talking about. It hadn't even been 15 years since the last large oil spill. I mean. Right, you know that one. You know th- this stuff takes a long time. Someone one time said to me about the oil spills. They said it's it's natural though. I mean it's coming from the earth. It's not like it's chemicaled out already. You know, right. like it's coming from the earth. But it's like yeah, but dude, it's not if it's not made to spill but out yeah, in those no, types yeah. of quantities. Oil is not spill. Yeah, this is exactly the argument. Humans will never destroy the earth. Humans will sh- destroy their ability to live upon it. Right. You know, the earth is too precious, it's too large, it's too strong for yeah. us to destroy it, really. You know, it will it will be matter somehow. You yeah, know, oh, its yeah. Thing. And uh, th- this stuff should be precious to us. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get too much in the weeds, but I do have this Associated Press, um, this Associated Press uh, article that was from yesterday, and it basically just says that divers at the site of an ongoing oil spill... That appeared in the Gulf of Mexico after Hurricane Ida have identified the apparent source as a one-foot diameter pipeline. One-foot diameter pipeline displaced, yeah, displaced from a trench on the ocean floor and broken open. Here's the issue right here. The next part. Talos Energy. T-L-A-O-S. Talos Energy. The Houston-based company currently paying for the cleanup said in statement issued Sunday evening that the busted pipeline does not belong to them. The company said it is now working with the U.S. Coast Guard and other state and federal agencies to coordinate the response 
and identify the owner of the ruptured pipeline. It all, I'll go back to this because that, that's an important statement right there. Uh, but two additional, in my opinion, mm. two additional four-inch... Pi- this is not my opinion. This is back to the article. Two additional four-inch pipelines were also identified in the area that are open and apparently abandoned. So right there. The, now, now, okay, in, how do they not know who owns a pipeline? Uh, an oil pipeline? Aren't those things supposed to be marked out? Well, you know, I've never worked in the oil fields. So I, I'm I really sure have it's no confusing. I'm but... sure it's more confusing than we think because things get bought out and old lines are there and they're close to each other. And I'm sure there's there's more confusion than we think. But there's also a lot of corruption in our world, and there's also very little accountability for this shit ever. And that's what these companies first are trying to do for sure. Right. Is is wash their hands of accountability. That's number one. They don't. Number one should not be that. Number one should be the environment. It should just be. You know what I mean? Damn, dude. Like, right. to some extent, like, you you can't just let this stuff spill and, and say, oh, it's not mine. Like, you should all band together and say, let's fix it. Right. We'll all pay for it. How do we fix this, you know? Yep. And, and maybe that does come from a... Go- I don't think it should, really, actually. But, I mean, that's where government, if it was ever going to step in and say, we won't let another oil... Line going to the ground to the ground till someone comes forward and we fix this. Right. You know you don't just drill into oil and abandon wells all of a sudden. Oops, not mine, not mine, not mine, not mine. Meanwhile, in the background, you know all the all the animals out there that can't move fast enough are just gonna get slicked out and killed in these oil slicks. Dude, humans can be absolutely ridiculous, man. There's just no denying that. Oh, they absolutely can. I mean, they're they're like a, a virus, like a plague to the earth. Not really. all. I mean, not all. Well, no, pa- I mean, parts but, of it. but collectively, yeah. I mean, yes, yes, especially yeah, in the wake of the industrial revolution. You know, I mean, the industrial revolution just set you know set stuff into motion that, and it really started way before you know the sixteen seventeen hundreds. But uh, the society we've built. This industrial society is definitely unsustainable on this planet. And I think that, you know, a lot of uh, the, there's actually been a lot of talk recently with this whole Great Reset thing. Remember when we first read into the Great Reset? Yeah. We read that it was going to be used, they were going to start it off with COVID, and then it was going to shift into a climate direction. And I've already started to see... How's done that. Uh, it has yeah. done that, man. They've, uh, yeah, they're actually they're, using they're, these, these hurricanes and stuff a lot for that reason, yep. you know, as well. You know? So, I think that uh, as, as, a, as a society or as humans or whatever, however you want to say it, we are kind of awakening to the, uh, to the realization that our society is unsustainable. But the question is, how do you reform it? And in which direction do you reform it? You know, I think that the problem with the Great Reset is that it, it's it, it, it's a forced solution. Yeah, they're, it, they're it, attempting. Great, yep. They're attempting to. It's the same, they, it's they the same the people. Problem. It's the same people who probably helped create the problem. Exactly. Amount, you know? Exactly. You know, there are there's two camps. I and we've talked about this so much. How I think everyone sees the problem and sees the the cliff that we're heading towards as a society, but. There's two different paths people want to go down to try and fix this problem or get off this path. 
And one of those paths involves more authoritarianism, and the other involves less authoritarianism. And I think that the, the problem with the rhetoric behind like the Great Reset and things like this is the idea that you can just fundamentally change huge facets of our society on a dime, just like that, without massive ramifications down the road or even, even just a little ways down the road. It's, 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 it's like uh, or thinking even right you now. Just, yeah, really. It's like thinking you can just rip a tablecloth off, you know, off of a table, yeah. you know, like you see in the in the videos without all this stuff moving. You know, I think that that's really like what I think of when I when I see this whole uh, great reset thing and people just want to just change right now, change right now. You know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And nothing, no fundamental change that's ever been attempted has ever just worked out like that without at least decades of huge social ramifications down the road, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, it's a great, that's a great yeah. point, man. Uh, that is a great point. And, and, uh, you know, I'm definitely in the camp of, I, I think it has to start from the individual, you know, like it has, this has to be an educated change, a very slow process that people do need to realize. And I think even, uh, even if like, you know, there, this force change uh, is going to actually bring on a lot of un. It's going to be forced in a sense, but a lot of people it's going to bring to a, another way of thinking that they've never known before. And I think it could be a very positive thing. Right. And, and at the same time, you know, like where they start to think about this stuff, like, hey, you know, how am I living my life? You know, right. what am I doing to, you know, to work towards a, a better future for generations in the future right uh so it, it definitely could do that you know and get people kind of snapped out of this this uh just continuously playing this game of trying to get more faster more faster more faster you know right it's what we're all taught yep uh so yeah it's a it's definitely a quagmire man um that we're in here and, and un, undoubtedly, by the way, and this is what I was going to say earlier, and this is a great segue, and maybe we could talk about this just the last, is, you know, if you've been following the COVID situation, uh, whether or not you're biased or unbiased, really, but it's to especially the, the people who try their best to stay unbiased towards it. You know, I think it's getting so clear uh, that this is so much more than just uh, a, 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 a pandemic. You know, uh, like this is not just a an illness that we don't know anything about that's coming out. Like they have definitely, this has been used politically oh, yes. to gain a lot of control over something that should not be treated this way. With ninety nine over ninety nine percent survival rate, I mean, uh, it, it's really at this point, it's so easy to see through. In Australia, the I think it was in New South Wales, Australia, the one of the health ministers or something came out and was talking uh, about it, and they were they were, now they've started to open things up a little bit, and they're like, "There's all these cases and eight new deaths," and they're gonna go down the list of saying the deaths, you know, and they're like, "They their ages vary, and uh, you know, these all of these people died with COVID, not of COVID. They said with COVID, yeah. okay." But they were fear-mongering. Why are we even covering this? People have been dying in New South Wales this whole time of other things, too. Right. Not, you know, COVID's not the only thing that they just don't cover that. 
and run it down people's throat. You're talking about eight people. When they started to read the ages, 50 was the youngest. 50. Then 60. Then a couple in their 70s. You know, then yeah. some in their 80s. Some in their 90s. You know, and like, right. again, when someone passes away, it's not something that you want to make light out of ever because that sucks. They Their life is over. And that's something you should, you know... Sayonara, send away in a positive way. So, it, you know, again, it pulls at these human elements of us that don't want to bring that up. And I'm not glorifying anyone's death, but damn, if you live to be 90 years old, you're pretty damn fortunate in this world right now. Yeah. And that's just a fact. So something's going to get them. And, and, yeah. they, and, and all of them, all of them had comorbidities and they had to say it yep. out loud. So why is their whole country shut down over that? Yeah. I mean, damn, dude, you pick the subject, drug overdoses, car accidents, heart disease, cancer. I yeah. mean, you could freak out about anything, you know, yeah. really, seriously, man, this is a, uh... no, I think it was that same, what, the prime minister of New South Wales or something like, I don't know what the title is, but, uh, who, uh, came out and scolded all those people about going and watching the sunset did you see that? Uh, I guess there I don't was. Know. A, no, no, I don't think so. I don't yeah, think there was so. a bunch of people went out and you know I guess watched a sunset somewhere in Australia, and the the prime minister came out in one of the press conferences and was like, you know, I'm sure it was a beautiful sunset, but that's just that's not thinking in the in the responsible way, you know. That's not <laughs> yeah. being that's not doing your your part or whatever, you know. It's like, damn, dude, you know, like let people go watch the freaking sunset, dude, like. For real. I mean, seriously, man, if you were to really ask someone, like, dude, listen, man, we're going to keep you, like, totally safe, so safe, we're going to keep you healthy, you know, we're going to make sure that you just stay in the best shape ever, totally healthy, but you can never see another sunset again. Like, who would well, who yeah. would take that, man? Yeah. Like, who, I, I he, he, Here's the bottom line to me about this whole debate of, of should we have more authoritarian or less. Here's the whole thing is, there is not a human organization alive that can keep you safe from the tragedies of life. It, they can't. Yep. So if they promise you that, they're, they're, to some degree, they're pulling your leg. Like, how, how much do you want to deal with them? Should there be some people to protect you from... Unnecessary to protect society, the greater collective from some things. Sure, absolutely. Right. Can they protect you? Like, are they your protectors from life and death, and your daily decisions making and your own will? No, right. no, they cannot. They can't do it. They, you know, and and even people watching videos of people down in in uh, southern uh, Louisiana. You know, like this is the third hurricane I've been through. You know. They always say they're going to help, and then help never comes. And it's like, yeah, because they can't do... What are they going to do? Right. Another, then another hurricane's going to hit. I mean, they, they promise you that because they want you to go vote for them. But there's nothing they can do. It's a, it's a game to them, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. you, like, you have to prepare in this life, you know, with, with your own self and your community as well. You, you know, it's our responsibility for sure to have, to have a hand in that. And... For any government, you know, the larger the government gets, you know, like the farther away it gets from your home, the more they're promising you things. They don't give a shit about your home or what's going on. 
Yep. You know, they, they'll pretend and do their best so they can get another vote whenever it's it's irrelevant or convenient. But when it's not, boom, they're out of there, you know. And, uh, you know, the uh, one other thing I kind of wanted to touch on that I just really wanted to say again, and I think this is a true... Because COVID, to me, is never going to go away. Right. The cat's been let out of the bag, okay? And I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's here to stay, regardless of what it is or what we find out about it in the future. I have no idea. I don't know shit about it. I don't know anything about anything. I know what I want to do. That's all I know. And I know my opinions, you know? Uh, and I, I try to study as much as I can, but people have got to try, if, if they if you really, really care, and if, if you care enough to tell other people that they should be doing this and they should be doing that, and you're really that scared, you really should stop doing that and do more of getting yourself in better condition. Mentally, spiritually, physically, get yourself in better places. Because if you're not, you're not in a good position to handle anything like that. You know, you know, COVID is a danger to you if you're not in a real healthy situation. So is the flu. So is anything. Right. You know, and so if you're really worried about that, you know, our society needs to get more healthy. It, that is one good thing that could really come from this. With that being said, how about some more trails to hike on? You yeah. know, how about some more places <laughs> to camp? Yep. You know what I'm saying? We should be promoting a healthier lifestyle. We've talked about this one. Bicycles on the roads. How about giving them better trails bicycle trails you know like we're we're a, compared to other countries we're a very rich society why would we not promote these things right we're gonna instead promote these vaccines that people cannot know more than a year about because covid's <laughs> not more than a year old yeah i mean you don't know what these combinations do because you've never studied this you don't know what they're going to be like in seven years you have no idea it's all a guess I mean, some people have a way more educated guess, no right. doubt about it, but no one knows for sure. And there's way too many variables, you know, yep. with di all the different people there are. And it's a shame that no one's promoting that more. And I, I just, I know there's smart people out there that actually are promoting it and, t and helping people in their communities and keep that shit up, you know, and keep, you know, like that 71 year old out there climbing that mountain, man. That's, yeah. that's awesome. You know, people need to do it. That's the type of stuff that people will say, that'll kill you. Yeah, if you fall, it'll kill you. Okay? Right. But if you do it, you might live a little bit longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you might yeah. not, but damn, you might. Because there is something to say about worrying and stress and anxiety and a constant build of pressure and not being able to release that in any way. And yep. uh, that's a it's a real killer. And you add that on with, you know... Gain of function research, man. <laughs> Not a good recipe yeah. for success, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's a uh, you know it, it's it's good and bad. These times are good and bad for real, you know. And and uh, it's going to be a. I, I have a quick question. We'll end on this. Let me put it this way. Yeah. We were saying there's two different kind of lanes. And I'll just end it on this. And, and we can be wrong. This is our opinion. In 10 years, is the United States still the same political boundary lines? Is it still the United States? 50 states, United States the way we know it today in 10 years. Man, you know, if, if, if the uh, polarization continues like it, like it has been... Especially if it heats up again in 2024 with some sort of real 
divisive figure like like Trump coming back or if someone like DeSantis runs and the polarization continues I don't see how it doesn't uh I don't see how there's not a breaking point mm. you know I I mean I think it's becoming increasingly obvious that there are two camps in America that are not going to reconcile their differences. One side just wants to be left alone. The other side just wants to, you know, not leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's just that's yeah. just not that's not reconcilable. You know, at the end of the day, it's just well, uh, it's it, Tom and Jerry yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? well, <laughs> Roadrunner and Coyote and shit, man. It's like, what's going on here? I mean, so, you know, no, I don't think it will still be the same uh, boundary lines like it is right now, but (laughs) the big question is, what will it look like? You know, what part of the country gives first? Stuff like that. That's all to be determined, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But... So, you know, I can't sit here and try and prophesy and say exactly what's going to happen. Give a percentage chance that that it, that, let's say, give a percentage chance that it does not look the same. I, I, you know, this might be my bias speaking, but I'd say at least, I'd say it's more than half. Yeah. You know, I I just don't see, I don't see how this polarization can continue without some sort of breaking point. You know, you know, when it comes to, uh government and jurisdictions or even a system you know maybe it doesn't even have to necessarily be a secession you know it could be a some sort of system like uh like in china where it's like two parties or no uh what is it one country two systems or something like that you know where the you know let let the cities be the uh the petri dishes of authoritarianism yeah. You know, and let the countryside do their thing. That that seems to be where what where the split in America is anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, but without some sort of split like that, you know, no, I think it's just like a, it's like a toxic relationship. You know, it's like a that that just they're not going to go to counseling. You know, yeah. they're not they're not going to talk it over. Yeah, they, they're they're just, at the point now where they, yeah. they really don't want, that's not, that's not the solution for, for a lot of the, the either side right now. And it's definitely doesn't come out that way. Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say to, to that question is, uh, man, I don't, uh, I look at it, some key points, probably not, probably doesn't look the same in 10 years. Right. Because when you look at history, and we're definitely seeing the fall of our, like the slight, <laughs> I say fall, whatever you want to say. For some people, they might end up doing better. But there is a real major shift in our civilization, American civilization, Western civilization primarily right now. Like, uh, And when that's happened in, in, in history, historically speaking, the boundaries have always changed. Yeah. You know, it, it takes years. You know, so what was the catalyst that began? Was it when Trump got elected or was it when Trump, the last election happened? Like, what? where was the catalyst and when did, when did the fall really start? You know, I would actually probably argue that the Afghanistan issue might be the real catalyst to when the yeah. real fall is going to happen because of the way that people perceive us around the world. Right. Um. Again, agree or disagree with what's going on, you know, whatever you feel about war in general, I don't care. I'm saying, like, the way that that all went down is not going to be a good thing for sure. 
Yeah. And so I think that's going to play a lot more of an effect than we think as well, probably in the long run. But uh, that's one thing I look at. And then the other thing is when you look at the leadership of both parties or, or both sides, who could be the leader, find someone who can pull people together. Right. That's where I that, really have a grim look. That there's it's the lack of leadership. Yeah. Would the people possibly come together on some issues if the leadership was right? Yeah, but the leadership has been so corrupted, and now the these these battles have been so entrenched in all of us of like what we want to give on and what we don't, and you know you know that it can't even communicate in a sensible way. Right. You know. That uh, I don't see anyone right now who can really come in and. I mean, if you're talking about Trump running versus, like, let's say Biden gets through his first four years and it's Trump versus Biden again, and it goes again, I mean, you know what? Donald Trump said something, and I will find the interview. He said something, and I will not quote him specifically, but he said something along along the lines when they asked him if he was going to run. He was like, "I mean, I'm thinking about doing something sooner." I mean, what, you know, we can't let it keep going like this. And yeah. he really said some words along those lines. Right. And that's another thing. It's like when you hear stuff like that, man, and I'm not, I don't know what he's saying. Maybe he's saying he's going to start a little committee or something. I don't yeah. know. You know, he could be doing things that, you know, are in his power and his, you know, wheelhouse to do. But that's also coming from a person of as much power as he knows he's had, that's, Almost something you want to listen to. Yeah. Be like, well, damn, you know, we have elections every four years. So what do you mean, do something sooner? I mean, right. yeah. I mean, take it to court. Maybe he's taking it to court further, and people just don't know that they're still battling in court over this last election. I don't know. Right. You know, I don't know what they mean by that. La- last thing for real. We'll end right here since we're talking about it right now. Elections. Right. You know, uh, they cannot be untrusted. If they're untrusted. It's done. Right. It's done. That's it. And right now, they are completely untrusted. And remember, only half of the damn country voted anyways. We came to 75, 75 million for Trump, 82 million for Biden. It's like, okay, that's freaking only 150 million people. Yeah. We have 330 million in this country. You know? Yeah. So, that's kind of like... Only half was already voting. Now even more are going to just either say F it or they're going to become so die hard because they don't believe the elections are are, are just, yeah. you know? So uh, that's another thing. And the, elect, the, the recall is a week from today. We'll be recording the next episode probably while the recall in California yeah. is going on. So that'll be a big, big sign for what's going to happen in the elections. And we'll right. see again if there's any... You know, bullshit going on. And take us out, Levi. Go ahead, man. Well, you know, I was actually going to end the video, the uh, podcast today by playing this clip I found All right. from a 1981 film Sweet. called uh, My Diner. And I've showed it to uh, quite a few people, you know. And, uh, it, you know, it's from a movie, so take it with a grain of salt. But it's definitely a thinker. It's You know, I know I've showed you this video. Uh, so I just was going to play it for the podcast, and then you can just go ahead and tune it out at the end if you want to, man. But, uh... But anyway, this is from a movie called My Diner from 1981, and uh, if you ask me, it's uh, pretty dang prophetic. We are bored. We're all bored now. 
But has it ever occurred to you, Wally, that the process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks? And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally, but that somebody who's bored is asleep, and somebody who's asleep will not say no? See, I keep meeting these people. I mean, uh, just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand. And he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. When I was at Findhorn, I met this extraordinary English tree expert who had devoted his life to saving trees. Just got back from Washington, lobbying to save the redwoods. He's 84 years old. He always travels with a backpack because he never knows where he's going to be tomorrow. And when I met him at Findhorn, he said to me, where are you from? And I said, New York. He said, ah, New York. Yes, that's a very interesting place. Do you know a lot of New Yorkers who keep talking about the fact that they want to leave but never do? And I said, oh, yes. And he said, why do you think they don't leave? I gave him different banal theories. He said, oh, I don't think it's that way at all. He said, I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp, where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves, and the inmates are the guards, and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison, and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia, where they are both guards and prisoners, and as a result, they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. And then he went into his pocket and he took out a seed for a tree and he said, this is a pine tree. He put it in my hand and he said, escape before it's too late. See, actually for two or three years now, Chiquita and I have had this very unpleasant feeling that we really should get out. And we really should feel like Jews in Germany in the late 30s. Get out of here. Of course, the problem is where to go because it seems quite obvious that the whole world is going in the same direction. See, I think it's quite possible that the 1960s represented the last burst of the human being before he was extinguished. And that this is the beginning of the rest of the future now. And that from now on, there'll simply be all these robots walking around, feeling nothing, thinking nothing. And there'll be nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being with feelings and thoughts. And that history and memory are right now being erased. And soon, nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet. We want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast, The Independent Thinking Texans. A lot of times, you know, we may not necessarily know what we're saying or doing, but who really does in this world? It's a busy, busy place. Thank you so much for taking the time, though. We do appreciate it. Keep thinking for yourself, always and forever. Have a great day.